Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today is such a good day to be alive. If you may not feel that way, that statement may be something that's not in your heart. But let me tell you, today is a day the Lord has made. And what's that next part? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice. Come on, look at one of your kids. Maybe look at your wife or look at your husband and say, we're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. I felt that this whole past few weeks, really, really mainly this week, the word in my heart was rejoice. Rejoice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 18, come on, it says this, as we look not at the things that are seen, we're going we're gonna to take some time on this, as we look not to the things that are seen, there's a lot of things we can see right now. You know, if you are on news 24-7, you're seeing a lot of division, a lot of confusion, and really we're not seeing much clarity. And it says, as we look not to the things that are seen. So we're not supposed to look at things which are seen. Does this mean that we become ignorant and ignore? No. But that means the word of God is our source of how we look, of how we see, of how we think, of how we speak. So it says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. Another version says, are temporal. (laughs) Do you know that what you're going through today is temporal? Now, you may not feel that way. You may not believe that right now. But I'm going to help you get to a place where you see that the very thing that you're dealing with, the very thing that your children are dealing with, the very thing that you're believing God for, those things are praying against, sorry, that God is working in your life, that those things are temporal. They're temporary. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, what does his word say? For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that are unseen are eternal. How do you know you're going to heaven? You know, you believe that you're going to have eternal life. You're going to go to heaven one day. I mean, you believe that God sent his only begotten son to give his life for you to where you could have salvation. If you ask me, that's that's eternal. But the things that you're dealing with that cause worry and doubt, unbelief. Man, you may feel like the walls are closing in right now. And you may feel defeated and dominated. But let me encourage you right now, it's temporal. It's subject to change. See, what I listen to, what I look at, and what I think on is what will control how I live and how I experience life. Let me say that again. What you listen to What you look at and what you think on is what will control, come on, or is what you will stand on or it will create your idea or your perspective 
of how you live and also how you will experience life. Our lives are based off these three things. Your eye gate, your ear gate, and your thoughts. Right now, we have so many things coming at us. So many things that are contrary to God's word. And if we're not careful, that can seep into our mind. It can get into our home. It can get into our children. It can get into our spouse. It can get into our church. It can get into a nation. See, we live in a time where there is unlimited resource of information. You know, in 1990, you got to think of this. We didn't have the Internet like we do today. I was born in 1989, and I didn't have a mobile phone, a smartphone to be exact, until 2011. That was my first smartphone. I remember the day I got it. It was an Android, and had, for the uh, scrolling, it was a little ball. Does anybody remember that? And you had to roll around. It's pretty cool. But think of this. In the 90s, what was the main source of information for people? Newspaper. What they saw on the telly. You know, everybody was feeding from the same sources. But now we live in a time where there's a limited amount of sources that create our ideas, that create our perspective. I mean, you can go to Google and type on, you know, something that you're dealing with. It could be a cough. And you're going to get millions of different articles and doctors and all these things that touch on it. Why do I say all this? We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our mind. We have to be careful on what we allow in. Let's talk about this, what we look at. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says... Walk by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. So this already says the thing you're going through doesn't mean it's going to last. It's temporal. It's subject to change. Well, how do we know that? We walk by faith. According to what? According to his word. Where does faith come by? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when I walk by faith, I can't walk by sight. That's what this is saying, right? Well, it says walk by faith and not by sight. So obviously these two are complete opposite of each other. They're different. They oppose each other. So when I walk in faith, I can't walk by sight. Sight of what? Well, sight of my flesh. Sight of what I'm going through. Sight of the things that I see or are experiencing right now. You know, you may say that your marriage is in total shambles. That's what it may look like, but do you know that right now in this moment, you can say, I choose to walk by faith that is going to work, and I believe God that is going to work. You can say, you know what, right now, I'm not making a lot of money because of everything going on, or maybe it's like that, been like that for a while. Do you know you can say, I'm going to choose to walk by faith that God is my provider, that God is faithful to me even when I don't have a job? I mean, in Matthew chapter 6, we see that God said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. What did he talk about added? Well, you go into those previous scriptures, he's talking about how he will take care of the birds of the air. 
I mean, he will take care of those things. Why would he not take care of you? It's about our priority. It's about our purpose. It's about what we're setting our mind and heart on. So it says, walk by faith and not by sight. So what we look at is so important. You know, if you're constantly on Facebook and Instagram and on uh, Safari or on your uh, whatever search engine you use constantly, and if that's what your source of information is coming from rather than God's word, it is going to be hard to think like God. It's going to be hard to live out this life through his word. If that stuff is more dominant and is taking more time than being in the presence of God and being in your alone time in relationship with him, if that is more of a priority, it's going to be so hard to walk like a Christian, to walk in faith, to walk not by sight. It's going to be very hard. You know, what takes up the most time right now? You know, a lot of us are at home. You know, and I know we got families. But you know that we can be disciplined enough to create time to be with God. It's all about discipline. It's about training ourselves, teaching ourselves. You know, we make the choice of how we want to live. And if you are at a place where you say, no, everything causes me to live a certain way, then let me help you today. You are more than a conqueror. Today, take your stand in Christ because those things don't have to dominate you and lead you and direct you. No, you can trust in God and you can say, no, what? today I choose. Today, you got to make a stand and say, I choose to walk in love. I choose to discipline myself to get to a place where I'm not going to go to bed before I spend time with God. I'm not going to, I'm going to wake up and I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is not go to my phone. It's not going to go cook or take care of anything, no, I'm going to spend time with God. That means you may have to wake up 30 minutes early. That means you got to get some discipline in you and say, you know what, God is more important than anything in this world. Because if you allow the other stuff to begin to be what you look at, those things are going to be constantly on your mind. I mean, how many times this week were you thinking about COVID cases and numbers rising? How many times did you t- go to Google and type in, you know, COVID Victoria or COVID restrictions or co- lockdown? Is it going to be extended? I can tell you I've done it a few times. And I'm sure if I'm doing it, I'm not the only one. But we got to get to a place where we understand that this stuff is going to go on, but that should not change our stance on who we are as men and women of God. It's not going to change the way I live. Now, it may be hard, and it may come at me in waves And it may be tough, but I know who I am. I know where I'm going. And I know that that when I stay in Christ, everything else don't matter. It didn't say you weren't going to go through things, but it said those things are temporal. They're subject to change. What you listen to, what are you listening to today? Romans 10, 17 again. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God, the word of Christ. What are you allowing into your ear, young one? Now, you may be between the ages of 18 and 25. And right now, it'll be tough because you feel like you have no purpose. I'll be honest, a lot of adults probably feel the same way too, though, especially if you're not working right now and you're not able to do what you want to do. 
But let me tell you, there can still be purpose in this time. This time could be a place where, you know what, instead of playing video games, instead of complaining, instead of getting to a place where you're just constantly negative about things, you know, you get to a place where you think, what? This could be a time where God is birthing something in me, where it's something in me is changing. Right now, I believe that's for you today. It's something birthing you. With It's the things of God. You know, it could be the plans and purposes that are going to set you up for the rest of your life, and it could be found right now in the time that you're in. It could be formed. You know, you can see yourself like that clay being formed by the potter's hand right now is that a time is this a time where you can be transformed where you can just be formed and molded into what God wants you to be you know I take that for myself this is going to be a time where I'm allowing the hands of God to form me into what he wants and I believe the same for you what you listen to is so important we got to get to a place you know where we're listening to the word of God that's why you know we, you hear this a lot about pushing the podcasts or the YouTube videos. This isn't about getting a brand out or getting a name out. It's about getting the word to you. I know for myself, I take time to hear the word every day, listening to podcasts that are building my spirit up. I encourage you to do the same. Download it. Listen to it. I mean, if we can watch hours upon hours of binge watching of Netflix TV shows, and that stuff has no value to our life, I mean, how much more should we be in God's presence? You might say, well, you know, this, this feels, I feel convicted. I feel, you know, this is a tough message. Look, we got to get to a place where we as Christians are effective. How can we be effective if we're not in him? We don't just carry a title. You know, you see people that carry titles and they, it means nothing. And I see a lot of Christians live that way. We got to get to a place where we say, you know what, I'm a Christian and that means something. And I'm going to have effect. I'm going to bear fruit. So we talked about what you look at, what you listen to, what you think on. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth. Man, if this is not a word for today. Set our mind on things that are above. Another translation says, and you see that on your screen, set your affection on things above. What do you love the most? Set our affection on things above, not on things of this earth. Man, Pastor Brian just now read a scripture. The things in this life are going to pass rust it's going, to, it's going to cause rust. It's, it's not going to mean anything. Only thing that matters is our obedience to God. What do you think about today? You might be having a battle in your mind. It says set your mind or set your affections on things above. How do we do this? You know, how do we get to a place where we're in relationship with God? It's real easy. You know, takes first discipline. You got to want it. And you may not want it. And that's first start. You say, you know what, I, I, I need this. You know, there's things that I know that my son doesn't like what I do. You know, when we go out and we go, I remember we used to go to the skate park all the time. <clears throat> and I'll be telling him, hey, got five minutes and then we got to go. And immediately <laughs> his countenance, his attitude, like, it went to like pouting. He got upset. 
I'm like, bro, we've been out here for 45 minutes. Like, we've been here for a long time. But it didn't matter to him. He wanted to stay longer. And he, of course, he do what most kids do. Can I have five more minutes? And, of course, I said yes. <laughs> Not every time, but I will say sometimes I do. But what am I saying? The moment he heard it was time to go, he changed. His idea, his attitude changed, and he just started pouting. We get this way a lot of times as well. The things that we're going through, it changes us. It, it, it causes us to be a certain way. We shouldn't be moved by what we see. Just like the Bible says, being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, just allowing things to dictate how we live. No, we get to this place where I say, you know what, God, I set my mind on you. I have discipline. I want to be in your presence. And, you know, my son didn't want to stop skating, but I knew what was best for him. Let me tell you, the word of God is what's best for you. And you may not feel like you need it, or you may feel like it's hard to read or it's hard to pray, but I'm telling you, you just got to push yourself. No one will do it for you. You have to do it. Nobody in this whole planet is going to make you do anything. And if you live that way and you say, I'll just do it if someone tells me, it's going to be very hard to live this life. It's going to be very hard to accomplish anything. If people are having to constantly try to motivate you, constantly trying to do something. No, today take your place in Christ and your identity of who you are. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb, by the word of your testimony. You know, you may have gone through some things that have created a perspective and an outlook of how you view God or how you view your life. Let me tell you, those things are done. Walk free in the name of Jesus. You've learned some things. Some things have hurt you, but you're stronger. So today, take your place. We're talking about rejoicing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take, this is what I want to read, and take, or this version says, and bringing into captivity every thought. I have another translation that says, and take every thought captive. That word captive means take down, to destroy. So we destroy every thought to obey Christ. That word is pretty intense, to destroy or to take down. You ever see someone get taken down maybe in a UFC fight, WWE, I don't, I don't watch it, but I've seen videos of it. A takedown, or maybe you've seen a wrestling match. It's not pretty, it hurts. That's what it says to do. It says to demolish, defeat, to take captive of every thought to the obedience of Christ. What are you thinking about today? What, are you, what you are thinking on is what is controlling you. That is what is controlling you. Today, if you have offense, if you have bitterness, let me tell you, that's not of God. If you have frustration and anger, that's not of God. If you're sad, if you're worried, if you have anxiety, it's not of God. You know, in reality, these things, they really are simple because it, come, it gets to us, it gets you to a place where you just completely surrender. And you sacrifice and say, you know what? I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be dominated because I'm going to walk with God. It's a choice. What choice will you make today? So in knowing this, what do we do when we are faced with trials and temptations? 
two people in the Bible that I felt in my heart, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures. In Daniel chapter 6, you can go back and read that. Daniel prayed to the Lord and worshiped him three times a day. And there was men that knew that he did this. So they went to the king and said, look, you need to make a decree that says that no one will worship any other god. What happened? The king, of course, agreed, not knowing that Daniel prayed to his God three times a day. What do we see next? These men knew exactly what Daniel was going to do. And they did all of this as a ploy to get him thrown in the lion's den. They were working against him. But did that change Daniel? Because it says that Daniel saw the decree. He understood what was going to happen if he was still to continue to serve God, if he was still continuing to stay faithful to what he knew to be true. Did it change him? Did he say, oh, you know what, I'm not going to do that until maybe I talk to the king and maybe I can get it changed, you know, or maybe I can do it secretly. No. What did he open up those blinds and got on his knees and he prayed. And it said that the men saw them and they told the king. And what happened after that? Well, we know he was thrown in the lion's den, but God shut the mouth of the lions. What am I saying? What do we do? when we're faced with trials, situations, when we're faced with temptation? Do we give up? Do we stop? Do we change our route? Do we change our direction because it's hard? Or do we do what Daniel did? He said, you know what? It don't matter what they change because I'm going to stay faithful because I'm going to do what I know works. I'm going to do what I know to be true in my heart. What is true in your heart today? What does God's word say? And when you say, well, what does that mean? What is true? Well, what does his word says? If we live everything off of his word, then it's not truth. So we got to always continue to live from a place and a position of his word. That's why it's so important for us to have knowledge and understanding. Because if you're not in his word, you don't have knowledge. And therefore, you don't have understanding, and therefore, you're not wise. Wisdom comes from his word. So if any decision that you make is not based off his word, then it's not of God. I mean, it is black and white. There's no in-between. I don't know why, but we as people, for some reason, we think, well, maybe there's some gray areas. There's no gray area. And if you're having issues or problems with understanding certain things, let me encourage you. Pray. Get in the spirit of God. That, if you can get into that place, it won't steer you wrong. You know, Listen to your pastor. God's put him over your life for a reason. Let me tell you, it's a covering. It's a place of protection. I thank God for our pastor. And this isn't something that he asked me. I just, I, honestly, I thank God for a man of God and a woman of God that stand in this day and the source of the word of God is what they live according to. You can see it in their lives and you can see it within the leadership and within the church. Another man in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 4, we see Moses. God told Moses, hey, you're going to be a deliverer. You're going to be the vocal, the voice for me. And we know that Moses' response, even after seeing miraculous things, seeing the bush, God demonstrating his power to him, he was still questioning how he was going to do it. Let me encourage you. We don't look at ourselves and say, how is it going to happen? How is it going to work? No, we look unto God. That's where our faith is. 
Because, look, if you put your faith in yourself, it, you're right, it ain't going to work. You are unqualified. You are filthy. We got to come to the end of ourself, and then that's where God can work. Amen? In James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, and I'm going to end with this. James chapter 1. We're talking about rejoicing. But I wanted to get you to a place where you got to take captive of your thoughts, your eye, your, uh, the things you see and the things that you're listening to, to get you to a place where in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Another translation says, diverse temptations. For you know that the testing of your faith produces patience or steadfastness. And let patience have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. That word joy means this, to rejoice, to thrive, to hail, to hail. What does the word hail mean? We are declaring who Jesus is. We are hailing. We're bringing praises to him. We are rejoicing in him. So it says to count it all joy or to rejoice when you meet trials. What does trials mean? Well, trials means a place of proving. So count it all joy or rejoice, my brothers and sisters, when you meet a place of proving, when you are in a place of proving, proving what? <laughs> proving what? Well, if you continue on, it says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. So you are proving who you are in Christ. Rejoice when you have different or when you have trials, when you are going through temptation, rejoice. I can say right now that we have a lot going on, and we need to choose to rejoice. We're in a lockdown. We've been in our house. And I know this to be true for myself. I have to get to a place where I count it all joy. I have to rejoice. We have to rejoice because this is a place of proving who will you be. Will you be that man and woman of God that I know that you can be, that God knows you can be, what his word says you can be? Or will you make decisions and have a perspective and live this life according to the feelings and the emotions and the things that are working against you? Or... We allow that testing or that proving to produce patience. And let patience have its full effect that you may be what? Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Meaning right now there's some things you can grow in. There's some things that you can learn in. There's some things that you can begin to excel in. Even now, even in this what we could call a valley experience, 
I don't know every single person's situation, but I can tell you this. You serve a God who is greater than anything that you are going through. You serve a God who is good and his mercy endures forever. You serve a God who is faithful to his word, not like everything out there that just tells you a whole bunch of stuff and is not faithful where there's compromise, where there's division, where there's offense, where there's just this motivation. Uh, They don't care. But you serve someone that cares. In James chapter 1, verse 6, James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Continue on. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. And last one. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. You have to be established in one way or the other. You can't be right in the middle and you can't be on one side and think that the other one's going to work. It ain't going to. You got to be stable. You got to be planted and established in his word. So what do you do today? Rejoice. We rejoice. Philippians 4.4, and I end with this scripture. Philippians 4.4. Turn there. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone that the Lord is at hand. I mean, you think about it, the way you live, the way you rejoice, the way you praise, everything about you is resembling or it is representing him to the world, the people around you. Do people know that you are a man of God or a woman of God? Do people know that you're not worried or being defeated by what's going on in the world today? You're saying, man, that's a little far-fetched. That's kind of, you know, that's that's... That's excessive. You know, that's extreme. We are extreme when it comes to the things of God. We are completely in. We are sold out, unashamed of the gospel. We are bought in, or what we have heard Pastor Brian say, we're all in. This isn't a lukewarm society. No, we are straight hot for God. It says in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we're not anxious, we're not living with anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What are you praising today? Have you ever been to a game? And what happens whenever you go to a footy game and they kick a goal? What does the crowd do? They cheer. They shout. They praise. They praise the guy that kicked it. They're uh, spinning their flag around, ripping their shirt off with their colors, whatever they do. You know, I remember I used to play baseball when I was in uh, high school and I was in secondary uh, primary. And I was okay, but I was really good at bunting the ball. And I remember one time... When I played at the age of 13, I bunted a ball and got a home run, or I was able to run all the bases to home plate off a bunt. 
I remember I had a helmet and on it, my dad uh, spray painted the flash on it. I was pretty fast in high school and in school. But I remember when I bunted and I started taking off, in the background, I could hear people cheering. And it made me want to even run faster. Let me tell you, there are people that are behind you that are there cheering you on. You have the Lord that is with you. You have the angels that are with you, all of heaven. I mean, you think about it. When someone gets saved, what is happening in heaven? It says they are rejoicing. So right now, we are seeing that, you know what, what's going on? It may be hard to rejoice. It may be heavy to rejoice. But I'm going to break through by what? By rejoicing. By praising, you know, I see that how I praise is going to affect everyone around me. You may say right now in your home, man, it's heavy. There's some argument. There's fighting. You know, there's so much division right now at home. But let me tell you right now, leave that home with rejoicing, with praise. Get together tonight or maybe on a Monday night or maybe every night and take 30 minutes as a family and say, you know what, this is our time where we're going to praise God. We're going to turn some praise and worship on. We're going to get our Bibles out. I had to do the same thing this past week with my family. I'm telling you right now, we have to make a choice of how we will live this day, of how we will serve God. we got to say, you know what, I will rejoice. I will make a choice today, and I will choose for my family that we are going to praise God no matter what's going on. I'm going to train them and raise them and lead them the same way that God is leading me. And I'm telling you right now, when you think that way, when you live that way, there is nothing that can stop you. Anything that comes near you, anything that tries to destroy you, or anything the enemy may try to do, I'm telling you, it will not have a work. It will not have an effect because you say, you know what, I count it all joy. I'm going to demolish. I'm I'm going to defeat. I am going to see victory because I serve a God who is the victor. I'm not being defeated because you know what? I take my stand in Christ knowing that I have the victory, not trying to get it, but I already have it so I can rejoice. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Today, I encourage you to rejoice. Rejoice. And the peace of God will surpass all understanding. And it will guard your heart and your mind. That peace will guard your heart. That peace will guard your mind. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.